Super Talk Mississippi media production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Friday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the last edition of the Eagle Hour this week. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank studios of Hattiesburg and Laurel. And uh, we're glad you're with us on a sunny, bright, and blue Friday afternoon. Patrick McGee. Uh, Down in the big city of New Orleans, the Crescent City, will be joining us here in just a moment. Got lots to talk to Patrick about. Opening segment of the show sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. I think I'm going to visit there this weekend myself. Great food seven days a week. They can cater any event for you, large or small. We encourage you to really check them out about their catering. We think their catering is very special, and they do a wonderful job. I know they've catered a couple of baseball weekends for me through the years, and every time uh, all the guests were just absolutely thrilled with the food. We think you will be, too. I want to thank Dickies for their support of the Eagle Hour. The Professor Patrick McGee hangs out in the city of New Orleans these days. He's with NOLA.com. We uh, located him uh, down. Uh, w- Patrick, Magazine Street, uh, Bourbon Street, uh, Royale, where are you today? I'm actually in Harvey at the moment getting the battery, well, actually getting both replaced of a car. I'm not in the best mood because these batteries are stupid expensive these days. But uh, usually where I'm located on, a- on a- Aileen Street or downtown on St. Charles. We're not far from the Sunbelt uh, main office. So uh, I, I, I guess in, in, the, in the sense of things, I'm kind of in the center of the Southern Miss University. But, well, speaking of the Sunbelt, what a coincidence that you would uh, bring that up, Patrick. Uh, we haven't had an opportunity to really talk to you since this week. It, it does appear certain. I can't say certain, but it appears very likely that Southern Miss is going uh, to the Sunbelt. I think there's some questions today about the Marshall's involvement and perhaps some other schools. Why don't you update uh, Eagle Hour listeners on the latest that you've heard and your thoughts about all this, Patrick? Well, I, you know, I guess middle of the week, or it, it was reported, you know, obviously at Southern Miss and Marshall were at the kind of the top of the target list for the Sun Belt, and obviously, I, you know, just everything you heard out of Southern Miss, but yes, please, uh, just because Conference USA is dis- disintegrating more by the day. And it just makes sense to get out and, and go into a conference that's on the way up and, and improving. Uh, but now we're, we're in a uh, situation that at middle of the week it was reported also that James Madison and, uh, and Old Dominion were also in the discussion and uh, were possibilities. And here today you see multiple reports out that uh, the expectation is that four schools are announced, uh, you know, uh, multiple outlets. I'm still kind of waiting for another shoe or two to drop just to kind of feel more confident in their reporting. Uh, but, all, you know, four schools, Marshall, Southern Miss, James Madison, and Old Dominion all being potentially announced at once there next week as, as new Sunbelt members. And I think that, you know, I, I, I was kind of of the belief it's better off for the Sunbelt to stick to 12 members. But if, say, Old Dominion and James Madison are added, that does kind of add a little something to the pot for the Sunbelt. You add a significant market in, uh, in Norfolk, Virginia, and Virginia in general. And, uh, you know, we all, we all know – Old Dominion has facilities, basketball, football, their baseball program has been really good here lately. 
uh, in football, they've always had really good support, good support for basketball. I think, you know, uh, day one, Marshall and Old Dominion would probably be the two best basketball programs in Conference USA. And James Madison's got that potential to be kind of the, the next Coastal Carolina that kind of makes that move up to FBS and win, wins a fair amount of games. So uh, a lot of potential. You kind of add two up-and-coming programs and two kind of uh, uh, established, uh, uh, you know, kind of underdog winning programs in Southern Miss at Marshall. So I think it kind of reinforces what Sunbelt's wanting to do and what they want to build. Here's an analogy I heard yesterday about the Golden Eagles. It's like getting off a sinking ship and getting on a party barge. So do, yeah. you, do you agree that moving to the Sun Belt will be a, a positive for Southern Miss? Yeah, it, it's not going in terms of, uh, yeah, I mean, they'll get more in terms of TV money than what they were getting in Conference USA. Not a huge improvement. It's not going to be the American, but it's a program, it's a conference that's in much better shape. They're on good ground. They're confident. Uh, conference. Uh, you know, Conference USA has been insecure for quite some time now, and uh, I guess what you worry about for the American is that some of that insecurity is falling these, some of these programs into the American. I can't imagine schools like Wichita State and Temple and some of these other programs are, are overly enthused uh, with the direction of, of the AAC at the moment. So I think in terms of a lot of ways it makes sense for Southern Miss. I'm not saying Southern Miss would have turned down the invitation to the American. Uh, but the American is basically uh, becoming an awkward operation that never uh, hasn't suited Southern Miss for you know in close to twenty years. Right. So uh, I think it's 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 a good thing for Southern Miss to be moving into the Sun Belt. Luke, Patrick, uh, let's talk about the Conference USA side for a minute. If it is true, uh, it looked like midweek Old Dominion wasn't coming. Now the last twenty four hours looks like they may be coming to the Sun Belt. If that were the case, yeah. Uh, the American and the Sun Belt combined would have stripped Conference USA of nine members. That would leave Conference USA with five members, FIU, mm-hmm. Middle Tennessee, uh, Louisiana Tech, Western Kentucky, and UTEP. So you got to have six teams to compete as a conference at the FBS level. What's, what's next for Conference USA? Well, I, don't th- I think they would kind of be forced to add Liberty, if Liberty wants to come at all. I think they need to add New Mexico State just to give UTEP a partner out there. I mean, they're, they, they're going to be so isolated. New Mexico State is, is ready to jump. Uh, you've also got the opportunity, you know, it looks like Little Rock and uh, Texas Arlington, uh, you know, basketball and, and baseball programs are leaving the Sun Belt. Potentially you add those two schools uh, for basketball and baseball, and then you maybe add UConn and UMass as football-only members. So, Basically, Conference USA would become a catch-all for all rejects, uh, and, and that's 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 the, the direction it's headed. You feel bad for Louisiana Tech, uh, but unfortunately, their posture over the many years has been unfriendly to the Sun Belt and uh, Louisiana Monroe and, and Lafayette. Do not want to party uh, with Louisiana Tech, so uh, it's tough luck. Maybe one day it eventually works out to where Louisiana Tech can get to the uh, Sun Belt. And honestly, the best situation that happens. <laughs> is if uh, the Sun Belt could trade Louisiana Monroe for La Tech. Yeah, uh, but that's absolutely. not going to happen, right. obviously. And yeah. let me go on the record as saying I do not feel sorry for Western Kentucky. Now, go ahead, Luke. Nobody uh, does. <laughs> Nobody does. They fight I, our actually, players. Kinda... Their fans fight our players during football games. And Patrick, what is the pros and the cons of a 12-team and a 14-team? I, I wanted a 12-team. I was just looking at the geography. I mean, Huntington's the most north of any of them. Huntington is uh, the closest you got is is Boone at App State, but Huntington right. to Northfolk is the same distance as Huntington to Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 
you know, Marshall's always going to be a little isolated, even, you know, just just because where Huntington's located. Even adding James Madison and, and Old Dominion, you're, you, you know, Marshall's just Marshall. You know, you, you'd have to spend a lot of money to travel up there to play baseball and stuff. It just, it is what it is. You try to build a bridge to Marshall, you find there is no bridge to Marshall. Uh, that's, you know, you, you would have, to, you know, Eastern Kentucky is really the only program you know, adjacent to Marshall. So it's just, it is what it is with Marshall. So, I mean, I just, I'm thinking about revenue sharing. That's one of the yeah. benefits of going to a 12 team league. You're already, you're already dealing with a small pot, but how could, yeah. so here, how could the Sun Belt sell to its members? Hey, we're bringing four rather than two. I mean, are they going to, I think you may have suggested earlier, you know, maybe they go back to, to ESPN and try to re- rework a TV deal. And you certainly mm-hmm. feel like after Wednesday night's game, I mean, there is, uh, that is watchable and exciting football yeah. that ESPN would latch mm-hmm. onto with the Sun Belt. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I kind of thought the 12 teams would make more sense for the Sun Belt. Uh, but I think in adding James Madison and Old Dominion uh, in terms of markets, uh, Virginia's a large market, Norfolk's a large market, I think that maybe kind of ups the game slightly. Uh, you know, you've already got Atlanta, uh, you know, uh, the San Antonio market uh, with uh, Texas State. You know, that's on the fringe of San Antonio, basically. But I don't know. I mean, it's they apparently think, you know, that the addition of the two schools adds value. Uh, you know, I'd stick with 12, but I'd like Old Dominion and James Madison. I, I think they would add to the conference. It's just it would be easier for some belt to just drop a couple other programs that are dead weight, you know, like La Monroe, who happened to beat Liberty uh, last week. So, I, you know, it is, it, you know, we'll see. Apparently, just what I heard is that the schools came to this, you know, not necessarily excited about the idea of go, about going beyond 12, but I think the commissioner, the more he looks at it, the more he, he likes the idea of going to 14. Hmm. Any, you know, I, I, it's not going to happen, but wouldn't wouldn't Tech be a better member than Monroe? I mean, if you could get rid of Monroe – plug in Louisiana Tech, wouldn't that strengthen the conference even more? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, but it, it's really just a matter of Monroe. How long do they want to do this FBS thing? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's obviously not worked for them. They're just so such a poor program. They just don't have the finances or the fan support or really much of anything going their way other than way just being in a location where they have access to talent. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've for years I've said Monroe just needs to drop down the FCS and just go back into the South one. And I still think they need to do that. All right. We're talking to the professor, Patrick McGee, with NOLA.com. When we come back, I got two Saints fans on the show with me today. What do they think about the Saints at this point of the year? Where do they see uh, the Hoodats going as the NFL season really begins to ramp up? We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back. I want to thank Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net, for all they do at Southern Miss. And for Southern Miss fans, they provide the best selection of Southern Miss apparel on the planet. You can shop here six days a week. They're on Hardy Street right across the right across the road from the campus, or you can always shop them online at campusbookmark.net. 
Always fun when we have the professor on the show. We're hanging around with him a little longer than uh, normal this afternoon. We've got him down in the city of New Orleans. And, uh, of course, I do this show every day with uh, two avid Saints fans and a two-two when you're on the show, Patrick. Uh, I want to ask you first, and then Luke can pitch in. Uh, at the start of the year, we knew it was a new year without your Hall of Fame quarterback uh, behind center. So where are we right now with the New Orleans Saints? How do you feel? Is this a good team, great team, average team? And where do you see the uh, Saints going forward now that the season's really underway? I'd call them a good team right now. Uh, if you told me they kind of got to where they are, you know, the path they followed, I'd probably be a little bit confused, a little baffled, you know, uh, to, to beat the Packers the way they did and turn out and kind of uh, lay an egg and, and just, you know, I, I wasn't entirely thrilled with the way they used Jameis through the first few weeks. And I think they let him loose a little bit more last time out. And I think his numbers were a little bit deceiving that they weren't his fault. Like he got stepped on uh, whenever he threw the interception. There was a few drops, you know, that probably should have gone his way. So the completion percentage probably wasn't where it should be. So I think as long as, as they let Jameis loose just a little bit more, I think he's doing a better job of, not making the big mistake, you know, it's okay to take chances down then. He'll take a chance he shouldn't on occasion. But uh, the more I see Jameis get confident in offense and and more of these guys get healthy, uh, you know, I, I think the Saints are in a position to play their best football here in the next four or five weeks. Luke? So coming up on Monday night, Seahawks and Seahawks underwhelming at 2-4. and four, Russell Wilson out. Geno Smith in. I still think the Saints would have a good chance, even with Wilson, just because of their defense. But with Geno Smith, you got to feel like the Saints are the favorite. Yeah, I mean, that, that you put the Saints there at four and two. You you take that, you know, all day long before the season. If the Saints are sitting there at four and two after six games, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the Seahawks aren't just the Seahawks without you know Russell Wilson. Uh, they're not dynamic in all areas of the game like they were there for a while, but. Uh, yeah, I really like the Saints' chances at, at Seattle, especially if they get a handful of these guys back. Now, there are questions about Taysom Hill and Deontay Harris. They weren't they weren't there at the last practice, and uh, you know that takes two guys out of the fold. That changes kind of the game plan a little bit of offense, especially you know trying to hit some guys downfield in, in the passing game, and it's obviously in the punt return and kick return. So, uh, Saints just you know if they ever get you know. Close, you know, 95, 90% healthy, this team is pretty darn good, and they can beat, you know, the Buccaneers or really uh, anybody, anybody else in front of them as long as James plays good football. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's just the, the battle of injuries have, have, you know, considering how many injuries they've had, three and two looks pretty good right now. Yards allowed for the Saints defense, 364. Total yards, 306. So I don't know the last time that a Sean Payton offense had less yards per game on average than the defense. But Seattle giving up 447 yards a game. Opportunity for the running game particularly to get back on track. Yeah, and and you hope they don't put too much on Alvin kind of going forward. They they just had to lean on him a little bit because of injuries at at running back uh, with Jones getting hurt and uh, no, no clue whenever he's getting back. Uh, so yeah, hopefully they can kind of build a rushing attack that ha- has more diversity to it. Uh, you know, you may not have Taysom Hilder carry the ball, so uh, they've got to get. You know, it's it's a chance for Sean Payton to try to think up some new new things and figure out uh, ways to allow Alvin Kamara to do his thing without putting too much pressure on. Him. Yeah, two of the two of the oldest and most experienced and and uh, foundation coaches uh, in this game uh, between Sean Payton and Pete Carroll. Yeah. I, I wonder, Patrick. 
I, I think Sean Payton's fine, and, and his team really yeah. – but I wonder if we're beginning to see the end of the Pete Carroll era in, uh, in Seattle because they do not appear to be, uh, you know, the same Seahawks team we've seen in recent years. You know, I, I mean, I've kind of had the feeling that Pete Carroll's kind of the Seahawks coach for life as long as he wants it just because of the, what he's been able to do there, you know, win a Super Bowl, get to two Super Bowls. Uh, you know, I, I think as long as he wants the job, it'll probably be his. I think, you know, the, the folks will be a little bit understanding if Russell Wilson's hurt or anything like that. I think if, if Carroll is out as, as Seahawks coach next year, I think it's probably a decision he made. But, yeah, I mean, just the stats that Luke mentioned about the Seahawks defense, that's not that's not what we're, we've been used to uh, over the years. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess there is that possibility in the second half if things really fall apart that, yeah, I mean, they could be thinking about is it, is it time to kind of do a reboot? And that may kind of help, you know, Russell Wilson out the door a little bit if he wants to move on to one, be part of a rebuilding project. So, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'd say the Seahawks are a little bit of a crossroads at the moment. But not the case with the Saints. That's fair to say. I don't think the no. – No. I mean, Sean Payton will always be the Saints head coach as long as he wants to be the Saints head coach. Right. He's, Luke, he's paid well. Yeah. Yeah, and, and talk about that just for a minute. It's pretty wild, Patrick, when you think about how long Sean Payton has been there. And yeah. he's kind of turning, I guess, along with Pete Carroll, kind of into the, uh, the Jeff Fisher of NFL coaches. I mean – and I would say that far more, you know, successful. But you start dealing with a coach that's been been somewhere, you know, close to uh, twenty years. Sean, I think this is what year sixteen for him. I mean, that that's astonishing for an NFL head coach. Yeah, and he's, you know, Carroll's seventy. If if uh, I think uh, Sean's what fifty six, fifty seven, something like that. So I mean, Sean's got a lot of years ahead of him if he wants to. But I've always thought. If Sean, you know, he, I think he likes coaching and he wants to do it as long as he can, uh, long as he can. Obviously, he gets paid well. I've always thought Sean would be great. I always thought Sean would be a better guy on, on Sunday night football than Drew Brees would. Uh, Peyton would be a great analyst. Uh, I've seen him do TV work in the past and he's just a natural. So at any point, you know, if, if he decides he's getting a little tired, he could always go to TV. But, uh, I think Sean Peyton's kind of determined to prove himself. Uh, in the post-Breeze era to show that he can put together something that uh, can win conference championships and compete for a Super Bowl. And I think he probably realized this year wasn't the year, uh, but we'll see. I mean, there may be an opportunity, another starting quarterback next season. If, if, but uh, Jameis is, you know, I, I know Jameis doesn't want to be considered a stopgap, but he may very well be a stopgap. Sure, absolutely. Hey, a um, couple minutes left. Let me, let me go back to the realignment talk just for a second because it, it bared mentioning we talked about, you know, you were talking about how Monroe hadn't really worked out for them in FBS. Yeah. If James Madison would come over, that would be an FCS school coming up. Haven't seen that in a few yeah. years. And, I mean, that that's a big deal for a program. And James Madison, I was just doing uh, some of their, you know, uh, looking at the wins and losses over, over the last 10 years. It's pretty astonishing how good they've been at a very yeah. high level but I'm, i mean you know what all does it goes into that i mean that's a huge deal moving up to fbs yeah and it's key to have the right facilities and they they have a nice stadium I, I haven't looked into it too much but you just pull up photos and see what kind of fan support they have there uh you know you don't really look at it and say wow that along with football they bring a whole lot with them i think they bring you know competitive programs say in basketball i don't know much about their baseball program but i guess you know basketball is Played at a fairly high level. I think they were in the. Uh, are, are they right? I guess they are in the CAA right now. If I'm, I, I'm not. I'm not great with all that. But that's you know a competitive basketball conference. I don't see why they wouldn't plug in immediately with the Sun Belt. 
But I think facility-wise, you look at what they got with football and how they're able to compete year in and year out. I, I think there there would be an easy, easy transition for them to football. Uh, they may not win a you know be in a bowl game year one, but they're they're a team that could come in and, and win six or seven games potentially right away. I'm glad you brought up baseball, Patrick, because Southern Miss coming into the Sun Belt brings a big dog baseball program into what's yeah. already a pretty good baseball conference. So you. You start plugging in Southern Miss with Coastal Carolina, Lafayette, uh, South Alabama. Uh, though, yeah. you, you're building quite a baseball conference. Yeah, you're talking about maybe a top half of the conference being is, uh, better than a lot of you know major, certainly better than the Big Ten in terms of baseball, even though they've been much improved in recent years. Uh, I think there's years in the Sun Belt where they could easily be up there uh, with some of the best baseball conferences in the nation. I, you know, I kind of tweeted about those. I think Sunbelt, as a baseball camp- conference, has great potential. They've underachieved slightly as a group outside of maybe two or three teams. So mm-hmm. if they could kind of, if you get to a point where five or six or seven, you plug in an old Dominion who's been very good in baseball as well. You can't, right, you know, right, really right. kind of, uh, that's, that's another factor. Right. So you're talking about a conference that could be as deep as five or six or seven teams that could have the potential of not just, being in regionals by hosting regionals. So, you're, yeah, you're yeah, right. I mean, and I failed to mention Old Dominion, but you're exactly right. That, that's another really stout baseball program that would be coming into the Sun Belt. Apart yeah, from, think, yeah. Patrick, apart from the SEC, the Pac 12, and every other year in the ACC, tell me a better baseball conference than what the Sun Belt's going to be. There, there's not one. Right. Yeah, I mean there is. I mean the it's the new the new Americans are going to be decent, but you know you got Wichita State and Rice has always got tremendous potential there. Uh, you know, so I, I at some point Americans going to be a but it's not going to be as good as Sun Belt. It's you know it's just not. Uh, so yeah, I think you know ACC, SEC, Pac-12, and then maybe the Sun Belt's right around you know the fourth or fifth. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 going to be a multi-bid league every year. It was a down year this past season for the Sun Belt. Uh, but no doubt they'll be back, you know, close to the top here pretty soon. All right, Patrick, always enjoy our time with you. Enjoy the weekend down in uh, beautiful New Orleans, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody. NOLA.com, great contributor to the Eagle Hour. Always fun to have him on. We'll be back. To the top. Eagle Hour continues on the last day of this work week. Happy Friday to all of you. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. If you're listening to us live, thanks for maybe taking a late lunch to join us. If you're listening to this later, we hope you checked out our podcast. You obviously found them either on Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And as always, you can go to the Super Talk. Mississippi website and uh, download episodes of the Eagle 
hour. All right, for uh, we kind of turn the page. Let's just kind of recap a couple things and bring you a little more information. So uh, a lot of people now um, reporting that it looks like it will not be a two-team addition in realignment to the Sun Belt. That it's probably going to be a four-team. Southern Miss. Old Dominion, Marshall, and James Madison. Brett McMurphy reporting that from Action um, Network. And uh, Matt Brown, who uh, used to be with SB Nation, now with Extra Points. Uh, a few other local reporters in the Sunbelt uh, region. Are, uh, it's what you started seeing. First part of the week, it looked just like Southern Miss Marshall. And, uh, of course, if Kelly was here, he would, you know, he'd remind us that, really, Bob, the first times we talked about this, you know, over a month ago, it was those four teams, and right. uh, it whittled down. But just to kind of give our listeners a little more information about James Madison, they're the Dukes, and they are in the Colonial Athletic Association of the FCS, formerly known as D1AA. That they have uh, the championship subdivision of uh, of Division One, where uh, they they play a sixteen team playoff at the end of the year. Just so you know, in the last uh, ten seasons, they have uh, gone ninety seven. And 31. In, in history, 17 playoff appearances. They have won two national titles. Currently, right now in the FCS, they are number seven. Um, right now, overall, they are five and one, three and one in their half, and they will take on Delaware um, this coming weekend. As far as their facility goes, Bridge Fourth Stadium has a seating capacity of 24,877. It's the largest stadium in the Colonial Athletic Association and 13th largest at the F. CS level. So, you know, I mean, right there, and, and they do bring people to games. I think uh, immediately James Madison probably has a, a lot more fans that show up than would be, uh, you know, some of the, the teams in, in Conference USA. So, Bob, yeah, I guess to, to finish this discussion, and you can add your closing statement to it, I, I, I would feel better about a 12-team league because of bowl revenue. Um, but thinking about it, you know, Old Dominion will bring baseball and basketball in. Um, and, uh, and James Madison, again, if the Sun Belts are kind of following their strategy, going after, uh, a, a FCS brand, but that will bring an enthusiastic fan base uh, to FBS and to the Sun Belt. I hope anybody that uh, has reservations about this move uh, sees a, a videotape of the game Wednesday night between Appalachian State and Coastal Carolina. 32,000-plus screaming, rabid fans, tremendous college football environment. I saw a game at App State earlier this year on TV. It was the same situation there. More people at that game than, than you've ever seen really at a conference USA championship football game, a better atmosphere than a championship football game at Conference USA. I think right now moving to the Sun Belt is a great move. I, I think bringing in Old Dominion does bring quality baseball and uh, basketball uh, to the conference. I, you know, it sounds like to me James Madison has a winning tradition. I'm with you. I would have preferred 12, but I'll be happy to be uh, members of a 14-team Sun Belt conference as opposed to a six-team conference USA. No question about it. Absolutely. So, We'll see. Um, and, of course, uh, you know, when all this uh, breaks, if all this breaks, we should say wink, wink with an asterisk, uh, when or if, uh, we'll do our best, obviously, to get someone from the athletic department, hopefully Jeremy McLean, on, you know, as, as soon as it breaks and bring all that to you. But, uh, anyway, it's exciting to think about. All right, turning the page, and uh, our, our good buddy Pat McGee, um, W. 
P. McGee. A lot of you follow him for his analytics and his insight on Twitter. Of course, he was on the Eagle Hour Monday this week. He pointed me to this, and and Bob, this is uh, you, you start talking about baseball season. So we know, based off other teams putting out their non-conference schedules, really how some of the first games will go for the Golden Eagles in baseball. All right. Golden Eagles will open up North Alabama at home. And uh, good opening series. That'll be February 18th, 19th, and 20th. We know that from UNA's website. They finished 2021 in the Masseys at 273. But those of you that do not like to play teams that finish in the bottom, really, rung of the Masseys, no fear at all because (laughs) this is what we know. March 4th, 5th, and 6th, the Golden Eagles will be on the road at Lafayette who finished uh, a 82nd in the Masseys. The next weekend, March 11th, 12th, and 13th, they will go to Dallas to take on Dallas Baptist, who finished 21st in the Masseys. The next Tuesday, they will host Alabama at home, who finished 44th in the Masseys. Then later on, April the 5th, uh, at Trustmark Park, take on Ole Miss, and then the Rebels come to the Pete uh, on May the 11th. That is a great non-conference schedule so far, Bob Getty. Yeah, Dallas Baptist won out away this past year from uh, winning a regional on the road and uh, probably hosting a super regional, Perennial Power. We played them a couple of times, I believe, a few years ago uh, in the Fayetteville Regional. Uh, Southern Miss uh, baseball uh, is going to play a really tough schedule, and uh, they're up for it. I mean, that's, that's that's what we do. I, I just can't wait for the kumbaya moments that we'll see the weekend that the, the Golden Eagles go to Lafayette. And I'm sure there'll be a special welcoming party for Danny Lynch down there, uh, Luke. Sure he would. And uh, so so the goal is I will try to at least have the parrot jersey being able to fit on one of my arms um, for, <laughs> for that game. That's my commitment to you. Yeah, that'll, that'll really be something when they go down there. But, uh, hey, great schedule. I love seeing them take on a team like Dallas Baptist. I'd love to see that here at the Pete. Maybe that's uh, down the road. But, uh, hey, we, one thing we've learned, Luke, you got to play the good teams to get your RPIs up. Uh, that's a positive. Also a positive is that we will not be playing Louisiana Tech 27 times in the coming season. Is that safe to say? That's safe to say. Uh, not sure how many times we'll play South Alabama, and I'm just waiting on some Golden Eagle team, even if it's Kelly's e-gaming team that he sponsors. Somebody needs to beat South Alabama. So right, and So hopefully uh, we won't wait until uh, baseball to to do it. But uh, switching sports, men's basketball, Coach Jay Ladner uh, announcing uh, basketball, announcing tip times in the TV schedule. Thursday, November fourth. I mean, man, we're we're two weeks away from basketball, Bob. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's hard to believe. Yeah. Delta State in an exhibition. The first three games: Delta State, William Carey, and then uh, Louisiana Lafayette, all on CUSA.tv. November fifteenth, TCU on the Big Twelve Network. Uh, Lamar on CUSA TV, and then once you start hitting. Uh, conference play you've got really espn3 and cbs sports network a couple other games to note december 18th against monroe december 21st against east carolina both of those games are on espn plus and then uh yeah all of conference games there's there's rarely a game on this schedule that will not be either in espn plus or espn3 fashion so early reports from basketball one of the uh somebody reported on it the other day they were at practice and they talked about the great difference in the speed of play 
play. So it seems like Jay Ladner may be going a little bit back to, to MK Turk and his roots and, uh, and, and pushing the ball and, and uh, just some, some good stuff. Isaiah Moore's getting some uh, pretty glaring reviews about having a big guy, 6'10", that can move like him. So yeah, you'll be able to watch, uh, if you're not in Hattiesburg, we would encourage you to, to go to the greenhouse and, and watch uh, the basketball team, but you can watch them on, on, uh, streaming probably throughout the season. Important year for basketball. Uh, we really like the head coach a great deal. We think he's a fantastic guy, great coach. And, uh, this is a big year for basketball. And one thing you could help do uh, to make this a uh, turnaround year for basketball is to buy season tickets and go support the basketball team. You know, that uh, uh, Reed Green is a loud, exciting place when there's a big crowd in there. And uh, Southern Miss fans can help get the basketball program back in the direction we wanted. And, look, that's just such a big revenue generator for a university. You know, building the basketball program back and, and providing the fan support to help do that, that, that would be a, a massive positive step for the athletic department. It would. And, uh, you know, they've, if, if, if you didn't go to a basketball game last year, you know, really the, the pregame excitement, the starting lineup since they've installed, uh, you know, the different lighting in there, it really, it really helps improve, you know, uh, kind of the, the viewing atmosphere of it. Bob, before we go to commercial break, here you go. Here's a national, uh, affirmation on what we've been talking about. This is from Dennis Dodd, who is the national college football writer for CBS Sports. Uh, just literally 15 minutes ago, he is just tweeted out the Sun Belt will invite James Madison, Marshall, Southern Miss, and Old Dominion as soon as next week. CBS Sports has learned. Other outlets have reported next week differing timelines at this point. He mentions uh, Matt Brown at extra points and mentions College AD, but that is the national sports writer for CBS Sports now saying that the Sun Belt, it's imminent that they will invite James Madison, Marshall, Old Dominion, and the Golden Eagles as soon as next week. The Conference USA era is about to come to an end. It's been a long road, and uh, Southern Miss will take a lot of football championships and baseball championships with them to the Sun Belt. Uh, Luke will stay on top of that next week, I assure you. We'll be right back, wrap up the Eagle Hour for this week. Stay with us. To the Eagle Hour. Final segment of the week brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. They're on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, dbathattiesburg.com. Beautiful weekend for you. Spend some time outdoors, get some training and some instruction in at DBAT and D1. Proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Volleyball headed to Rice this weekend. Men's golf headed up to Chattanooga. Uh, to compete at the Black Creek Club. Uh, but uh, big game today for women's soccer. They're down on the border in El Paso, Texas. Late 
kick tonight, 8 p.m., but the Lady Eagles first place in the West. They take on UTEP. This is a trap game for the Lady Eagles. UTEP 1-5 in the conference, 4-10 overall. They got their first win last Sunday against Western Kentucky, so Coach Moe and the ladies on the road, and we wish them all the best and hope they get win number four and uh, in the division and keep uh, that first place in the West Division. Again, uh, if, if you missed the uh, last segment, we uh, we ended the segment. Dennis Dodd, the National College football writer for CBS Sports, now not suggesting realignment in the Sun Belt, now reporting it. Sun Belt will invite James Madison, Marshall, Southern Miss, and Old Dominion as soon as next week CBS Sports has learned. So uh, pretty exciting, and again, we'll bring that all to you next week. And when it breaks officially, uh, we will, of course, uh, get someone on from the university to let you know about that. All right, time for our picks. And not that really uh, great slate of games this weekend. Of course, the Golden Eagles are off. We had one game last night, Florida Atlantic. This was kind of surprising, man. Florida Atlantic destroyed Charlotte at home. Florida Atlantic won 38-9, to scored 21 points in the third quarter. Charlotte held shutout in the uh, second half, and uh, FAU improves to 4-3. and Charlotte falls to 4-3. and Got a game tonight, Bob. All right, here we go. Let's start our picks. Middle Tennessee at UConn. UConn, uh, one of the worst teams in the country right now. <laughs> Middle Tennessee, a 14-and-a-half point favorite on the road. It's actually a, a conference game on the road that the CUSA can win. I think Middle Tennessee represents the league. Yeah, UConn's only win of the season last week was against Yale. So they, they obviously couldn't outthink Yale, but they beat them on the football field. I'm going to go with uh, with the fighting stock stills as well. They'll get win number three on the season. Four games uh, tomorrow for Conference USA. Rice at UAB. At 2.30 ESPN Plus, Blazers 23.5-point favorite. I think Rice has been a disappointment. I don't think they're as good as we thought they might be this year. I think UAB wins this one easily. I think they're going to cover. I mean, 23.5 points. Yeah. Rice was blown out a couple weeks ago. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going with UAB also. Uh, interesting matchup, 3 p.m. Uh, tomorrow out in Denton. Liberty, who lost to Monroe last week at North Texas. Uh, Liberty's not going to be in a really good frame of mind. Uh, not going to be real happy. Uh, they've got a really good coach, obviously, and I think they win easily at North Texas. Yeah, the fighting freezes will bounce back and uh, will melt the mean green. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Flames, uh, and I think they probably will cover at North Texas also. North Texas 1-5 on the season. 6 p.m. tomorrow. I'm going to skip this one. I'll come back to it. Uh, another game at 6 p.m., Western Kentucky at FIU down at the end of the continental United States. Western Kentucky, a 15-point favorite on the road. Yeah, FIU, another team that's, I think, been pretty disappointing. I think their coach is probably nearing uh, the end of his career, and I think Western Kentucky wins pretty easily. Western Kentucky's been kind of a disappointment, too. Two and four, no love loss, obviously. Maybe maybe they just won't pick on Southern Miss guys. Maybe uh, their road fans, the three of them that will be there, will say something to FIU players. Probably, hopefully, that won't happen. But, yeah, Hilltoppers, I think, will cover. All right, here's the trap game of the week. Number 24th ranked UTSA at 6 p.m. tomorrow night in Ruston. Louisiana mm. Tech, two and four. They've been a disappointment. San Antonio at a perfect 7-0, only a six-point favorite. You know, it has been a great year for San Antonio, but they've locked up a bowl game, which I think is something they have never done before. Louisiana Tech, proud program with a good coach. I kind of like the upset here, Luke. 
I'm smelling it too. I'm going to go with Louisiana Tech over under in that game, 59 and a half. But yeah, I'm going to go with Tech. And uh, as we have kind of saw them on the outside with all this realignment talk, I think the Bulldogs will upset tomorrow. All right, couple of NFL games. Your football team, Bob, at the Packers tomorrow. <laughs> Lambeau, Green Bay, an eight point favorite. Uh, the Packers very easily, not no contest. I'll go with Green Bay too, only because it's in Lambeau. Kelly's Bengals at the Ravens tomorrow. Bengals are four and two. Ravens five and one. Ravens are tough. It'll be a good game, but I think the Ravens win. Michael's Bears at Tampa Bay to take on the GOAT. Now the GOAT wins. It's the GOAT, man. What can you say? It's the GOAT. Does TB stand for Tampa Bay or Tom Brady? I think it probably stands uh, for both. Tom they Brady's might, Tampa Bay. Yeah. They might change the uh, the name of the city after he leaves. Yeah, yeah, I think the Bucks will win. And then Monday Night Football, Saints up in the Northwest to take on the Seahawks without Russell Wilson. Saints, Saints win. The Seahawks are not the same without Russell Wilson. The Saints are a quality team. Lauren uh, was listening to us earlier uh, on her lunch break, and when we started talking Saints, she just texted two words, and that's what I'll leave you with this week, Bob Yeti. Who that? All right, that wraps up a week. Quick note, I'm going to be out for the next few weeks addressing a medical uh, issue, and I hope to be back within three or four weeks. I want to thank uh, Luke and Kelly for all their support, for filling in. They'll do a great job, keep you up to date on all the news involving Southern Miss. So, Luke, until next time you and I talk, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.